Hi, I'm Keegan Flegner. I'm 17 years old, and I live in Santa Monica, California. When I was in first grade, I was diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. Since that time, sports have played a huge role in changing my life. So I want to show the world how all kinds of sports can help all kinds of people with all kinds of mental and emotional challenges. Welcome to Sports on the Spectrum. My guest today is Chris Fajardo. Chris is Chief Program Officer at Coaching Corps, a national nonprofit that provides volunteer coach recruitment, professional development for coaches through training, and mentorship support for active coaches, all free of charge to youth sports programs impacting under-resourced communities. Chris previously spent seven years in education, teaching marine mammal conservation and physiology as a dolphin trainer in Santa Cruz, California, and Belize. He then continued his career in education as a high school science teacher in Palo Alto, California. Chris lives in Los Angeles where he enjoys playing beach volleyball and continues to coach youth and play soccer. Please join me in welcoming Chris Fajardo to Sports on the Spectrum. So I want to start now by asking the question I always start off every interview with all my guests here and ask, what are just your first memories of sport? And it can be anything. It can be, you know, watching them on TV, going to a game, you know, or playing with your parents or your older sibling or watching them play, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think my first memory of sports, so I have a, I have a younger sister, she's two years okay. older than me. Um, and my earliest memories are my sister and I going to a nearby park with my dad. So we were probably like a five minute walk from a elementary school and we would play soccer hours. So you take us like after school um, or you take us on weekends. And I think one of my fondest memories um, was him taking us when we were young, like probably like five or four or five. And it would be my dad, my sister and I against any of the kids in the park that wanted to play. And my dad would have it, you know, he set it up in such a way so that no matter how good we were, you know, I mean, we're like four or five, right? Like we probably weren't very good at all. Um, he made sure that like, we always came home with like the biggest smile on our face. So if that meant like dribbling the ball through all of the kids to like pass it to us, like right before the goal to score, just so we could have that moment. Um, it was just like some of like the happiest times I think that I ever had. Yeah, no, it's interesting for me too. I brought this up a couple times, but actually I don't think a lot of people still know this about me. You know, while my main sports, at least now and for most of my life have been like basketball and running and volleyball and stuff. Yeah. My first sport actually that I think I first remembered playing was actually soccer too. Oh, really? If you can believe it, because I remember <laughs> when I was as young as ever, I used to play in a little soccer league and we would always just uh, do what you said, which is just play around after school and stuff and just, you know. That's awesome. Around. Oh, yeah. How long, no. how long did you play soccer for? It was only like a couple years. Like I think I stopped okay. by the time I was in elementary school, but I oh. still remember those things pretty clearly, you know, and there's oh, still awesome. some there's still some pictures of me too. And I, I always love that. So, so it's fun. always a fun memory. Yeah. 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 And I loved playing. Yeah. I mean, I still play. So like, I loved playing when I was little though. And it was, it's such an easy sport to kind of just pick up anywhere. Cause all you need is a ball and you, know, you can make a goal out of anything. And so it was really fun to go to the park and play against other kids. Yeah. I'll personally admit though, I, w I wasn't very good and still am kind of not very good. I, I found I'm much better with my hands than my feet. Sure. So then you picked, you picked other sports to excite. Right. Exactly. Although yeah. I, I do admit if I did still play soccer, I'd be, a, I'd be a decent goalie at least. So. Oh, I'm sure you would. Yeah, but whatever. Um, anyway, though, uh, uh, kind of um, going up another level here, 
I guess I would ask now, it's like when during that time when you were growing up, were there also, in addition to you, you playing the sports, were there any other people who played sports like professional athletes or professional teams, for example, that you looked up to at that age? And why was that the case? Yeah. Um, I mean, lots of athletes. So, you know, I didn't watch, I didn't watch a lot of sports growing up. Um, cause we, I mean, if I had extra time, I was outside just like playing in the backyard or going to the park with my parents or my dad. Um, though I, I'm it's like so cliche, like the athletes that I watched, it's like Michael Jordan on the bulls, like, and you watch him because like, he's amazing. Right. right. And so like, I was not a huge basketball fan, but I was a huge Michael Jordan fan and like watching him play. And like, it was just, it was incredible to watch. Um, there are certain soccer players that I like paid attention to um, more so for like moments that happen, like, you know, through the years. And like, so like even thinking about like the women's world cup where, you know, they went in penalty kicks, like that was a great moment. Um, I remember watching the Olympics because like, I'm a, I'm a very competitive person. And so the Olympics are like such a great thing to watch because you, you know, watching people at the, the peak of their careers. Um, and there's just so many sports. And I think one of the things I, I love about sports is, you know, one is the competition, but the other is just the passion that people bring to it. And so to see people just like putting everything they have out there was just so much fun to watch and, and feel like you're a part of. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's interesting too, that you mentioned, you know, not being a basketball fan per se, but liking somebody like Michael Jordan, I think it just speaks to the fact that, you know, a lot of these sports, it's not always, you know, the game itself that gets people interested initially, at least like there are plenty of people who love sports eventually for what they are. But I think, um, and, and an example like that shows how you don't really need much to get people interested in a sport, like just seeing somebody else succeed at it so much, you know, it, it gives you the hope and the confidence that, you know, you can do that or just like you suddenly have an interest in this because what right. you see looks really cool. So right. I think that like you can, you can appreciate really incredible talent. So like Michael like, Phelps as a swimmer, I like you could throw me in a pool and like, I can get across. I am not going to be fast, but I can appreciate him and like just how quick he is and the, the drive that he has had and the commitment that he's shown to a sport. And so it's fun to, to watch that and like, and just witness him, you know, excel at something that he loves. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm right with you there, by the way, on the getting across the pool part, you know, I'm not a a great swimmer. So, but I do, but like you, I do appreciate guys like Michael Phelps who can do that so easily. And so, so I I agree with you though. That's that, that, that definitely speaks to a lot of what, what's going on right here. So, um, and I guess now um, I'll kind of go back to you a little bit more and kind of go back to that early phase of your life again, but ask a kind of a different question at the same time. And um, ask um, as an athlete at that at a young age, what were some of your favorite moments specifically? Favorite moments when I was younger. Um, I think you know two things that really stand out to me, um, mm-hmm. and really I think why like I stuck with sports and soccer specifically. I think one were the people, like I my closest friends, I mean, still are people that I've played and played soccer with. Um, and then I think that the other piece was having something that I could just, having something for myself that 
when I went out, not only did I feel like I was good at something, but also it was just like a, it was a level playing field, you know, like I could go, you know, anywhere, so say like anywhere in LA at the time I lived in the San Francisco Bay area. Um, I could go to any park and pick up a ball and make some friends and kick it around. And it didn't matter where I was from or where they were from. Like we were just there playing something that we all enjoyed. And I loved that about the sport. Um, like I'm a, I'm more of an introvert around people I don't know. I don't talk so much um, until I like feel comfortable. And so having soccer be a way for me to make friends and kind of just like open doors made meeting people and going to different places a lot easier for me. And so I think, you know, for me, soccer was important for me physically, but also I think just socially, like it was a really key thing to allow me to feel accepted and just, you know, able to connect with other people. It's really interesting, actually, that you mentioned that, because I guess I've also said this before, but I'll say it again, because I think it's so important, is that like you, I really had the same experience when playing basketball and stuff like that, because, you know, not only was it a great experience physically for me, you know, it was fun to be competitive and all and play something I love, but at the same time, it, like you said, it allowed me to, you know, make more friends and just, you know, interact with people more socially than if I wasn't doing something like this, because for me, it's a lot harder with um, in any other scenario. So mm. having this at my disposal made a lot of, didn't just, you know, make um, the sport itself easier for me, but having, but it made so many other things a lot easier for me as well. And I think that really speaks mm. to the true value of sports, honestly, in general, it's like, it's mm -hmm. not even just, you know, the obvious parts of it, but it's the not so obvious parts that you don't really understand until you've uh, experienced them yourself. So I, yeah, I think it speaks volumes to them. Um, I think it's so true. And like for, like when you think about it, um, you know, a soccer ball in itself doesn't create that space, right? Like you can't throw a ball on the field and all of a sudden like magic happens. Um, it really is about like the people that are around you and the connections. And so I've had over the years, I've had some like really amazing coaches who have like created space that was like really fun. Um, and, and I learned a lot. And then I've had some coaches that were not great and like didn't really create the best experiences. And so knowing that, you know, a person can have like such an influence on your experience, like it just, it, it just makes for an interesting, um, it can set up some interesting environments for kids. And so, you know, really wanting something that allows kids to thrive, I think is important. Yeah, no. And it's great that you mentioned that actually, uh, because my next question here, um, actually focuses on you as a coach because you're not just an athlete. You're also a very active coach. And so my question here is, um, can you talk about um, that experience and also just some of your favorite moments as a coach? You know, what does that bring for you, at least compared to when, uh, you as an athlete? Yeah, well, so as an athlete, like, it's just fun to be around other people who enjoy playing the same sport as you, right? Right. Um, as a coach, I think my favorite moments, because I've coached a lot of younger kids. So like I've coached a lot of like seven, eight, nine-year-olds. And so like, there's a lot of development that's happening still. And so like, you're not, the kids aren't doing bicycle kicks necessarily. Like it, like, I feel like my job has always been just to make sure that they're having fun 
you know, that they want to come back and that they're connecting with the other kids on the team. And so I think, you know, my favorite, favorite moments have been just watching their eyes light up, you know, like teaching a kid, like how to, you know, how to pass or how to shoot and then seeing them or experiencing through them, like their success. And then just like watching like how excited they are to do that. And then them run around with their friends and celebration. Like those are the moments that like stick out to me the most. And like the reason why, you know, I've continued to coach. Absolutely. You know, it's like, I, at least even though I've never personally been a coach, I've always found it to be the best feeling in the world, both for the athlete and the coach when the team itself succeeds, because, you know, as an athlete, you feel like you're doing, um, you're, you're doing something that makes you happy. Whereas mm-hmm. a coach, you, you feel like you're doing something that that's making other people happy. And I, and totally. I feel there's a, there's a shared satisfaction in that, that um, mm-hmm. benefits everybody at the end of the day. So I think yeah. that's, uh, that's very important. And part of the reason why, you know, sports can be so important for a lot of people. Yeah, and I guess um, I'll kind of stay focused on the coaching, but maybe mm-hmm. focus a little specifically actually on the reason why I invited you to be here uh, on the show in the first place, which is that, you know, you are an active me- uh, member of Coaching Corps. And yeah. I talked about what that is and all. And so, um, but I guess I'll say now, you know, I, I would suspect a lot of my viewers and listeners don't really know too much about it at the same time. So I guess I'll ask you here, um, I'm hope, um, or, uh, oh, let me rephrase my words. What can you basically tell us about coaching core in terms of what it does and what your role is there? And also, I guess I'll ask what drew you there in the first place too. Yeah. So coaching core. Um, so we are a nonprofit that supports after school sports programs, um, across the country. And what we do is really what our main purpose is to make it so that all kids are able to reap the benefits of sports, um, particularly through a trained caring coach. And so much to like what we've been talking about, you know, knowing that, you know, you could put a ball onto a court or onto a field and it's not the, the ball itself or, you know, that makes a sport that it really is an adult who is being thoughtful about the environment they're creating for their kids. That makes an impact. Like that is, you know, the, like the heart of what coaching court is, is really looking to um, find more people to be coaches and then also provide support so that we can, you know, give them, give those coaches more training just to be their best selves. And so what drew me to coaching for is, is really like my passion for sports, you know, like soccer has the, the years of, that I've played soccer, like I've, I've learned so much. Like I've learned so much about myself. Um, I've grown so much as an individual, like from playing the sport, and that's translated into my, you know, my life outside the soccer field. You know, like the, you know, working at Coaching Course. So I've been here. It'll be 13 years this year that I've been with the organization. Well done. Um, thank you. <laughs> and I have, I've taken so much of what I've learned, like from the soccer field and like brought it into my professional life. And so, you know, the dedication that I have, like to my team, like I take that same dedication into work. Um, the, my like empathy, being empathetic towards, um, other players on the field, you know? So like the idea of, um, 
you, you win with grace and like you lose with grace, right? So like just knowing how to take like every single moment, like you take that into the workplace and, you know, sometimes you try things and it works and sometimes you try things and it doesn't. And it's just like a win or loss on the field. Like you don't, you learn it to kind of every moment as just that and celebrate the wins and then like really try hard to like learn from those losses. Um, and so like, that's, you know, why the sport has translated or how it's translated into the place that I am for work. And then the connection I have to coaching course specifically um, was because, because sports meant so, so much to me, like I want other kids to have that experience. And, you know, kids living in under-resourced communities don't always have the chance to play either because there's not, you know, adults who can coach their teams or there's not any programs for them to play in. And so it's meant a lot for me to be able to help make a difference and help programs exist and and be better to serve kids um, everywhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I've been to several, you know, events for the organization with you and I've seen firsthand um, the impact it's had on people, you know, who have gone through it. And so as a result, I have nothing but um, sympathy and, um, you know, support for what you, you guys are doing. And I guess um, not to kind of like discredit you or like make you seem or uh, too important, but I, I, I think I'd actually appreciate it. And I'm sure you will too. If maybe actually you quickly just briefly talk about, you know, like what you've done as an athlete, like your accomplishments and stuff like that. Cause I think our, <laughs> our some of our viewers might appreciate this actually. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, so, so I played for quite a while, um, yes. and I've traveled quite a bit playing. So the, so the team I play on now, so I play on a men's team out of West Hollywood, California. Okay. Um, and so we are currently the gold medalist for the 2018 gay games that happened in Paris, France. So that's, I'm not sure if, the, if that's the one that we're going to talk about, but, um, like we're a, we're a strong soccer team. <laughs> we, so we've definitely lost, you know, lots of different tournaments. Um, but we've also won quite a few. And so similar to the Olympics, which is held every four years, the gay games is also held every four years. And so, um, we are contemplating going to the next one, which is going to be in Hong Kong, but the previous oh, wow. one, we, we won it's a, a week long tournament that you play against other teams from around the world. So that's, that was like, like my dream when I was, um, when I started in this league was to be able to, to win, win the tournament would have been amazing, but even just like, you know, win a couple games. And so being gold medals was kind of, was kind of cool. Shows you've gone pretty far. So, I mean, (laughs) you know, it's like nothing, you have nothing to feel but pride right there. So, yeah. Um, you know, I guess I'll just say, you know, congratulations and my hat goes off to you for accomplishing something like that. Cause you know, I don't think I'd want the, the same kind of accomplishment. I do want a similar experience at least if you know what I mean. So yeah. 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 No, it's definitely, I would say, well, I'm curious if you feel this way, like, you know, winning a tournament, no matter, or winning a game, even no matter like what level you play at or what your sport is like, it is a marker of so much time and patience and dedication. And so like, I would imagine like, you know, with playing basketball, you know, if you win a game or win a tournament, like you think back of like all the practices that you had and all the time you put into it. And like, how great does it feel to know that it was to feel like it was worth it. Mm -hmm. Right. 
so yeah so like we we trained for uh, years to get ready for this tournament and so it was fantastic to to show up so well and play well yeah no absolutely and you're and you nailed it right there about that part about feeling like everything is worth it for all the work you put into it because I certainly feel that whenever I accomplish something it's like yes you know the way the the path to get there was difficult but at the same time I always feel like you know it was hard but I, I'm 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 happy I was able to enjoy it in some way shape or form mm -hmm. in this case that would be the accomplishment of it all so yeah. I can definitely relate to you there and I guess some um, uh I'll continue on here and ask for this next question this is really interesting actually so First of all, I'll say one of the reasons that I'm really excited to have you here is because I think it's really important, like you said, to make sure that all kids have the chance to play sports if they want to, you know, whether mm -hmm. they're kids like me who are um, neurotypical, in other mm -hmm. words, they have autism or bi are bipolar or have anxiety or whatever, mm -hmm. um, um, or they don't get the chance to play because mm -hmm. they live in communities, like you said, that don't have the resources for kids mm -hmm. to play. And um, another thing I'll note is that having good coaches like you, for example, is uh, a big part of what makes sports so fun in general, you know? Yeah. And so, especially for these types of kids too, who, you know, have to deal with all these different challenges that the average person simply doesn't have to. And so as a result, it makes enjoying sports all the more difficult per se, even if maybe it's not their fault. And so because of that, I would like to ask, can you talk about how, going back to coaching core here, they, I, I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but they have an empathy training. Mm -hmm. And I guess I would ask, um, can you talk about how that empathy training is trying to make sure that all kids have a great coach? Because I think that's very important here. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the core thing around empathy is, is connection. So, you know, when a, when a coach is working with a player, it isn't always needed or desirable to, to solve, you know, the, the problem or whatever the woe is for that player in the moment. Um, you know, the, what is more important than anything is being able to connect with that child and, and, and listen like know that, that there's someone who's paying attention and um, is at least attempting to understand like what that child is experiencing. And like, that's empathy. And, you know, in thinking about um, the communities that Coaching Corps works in is a part of, you know, we think about um, the kids that are in those communities and the families and, you know, I was a part of those communities. Like I grew up in a, in a city um, that coaching course serves now. And I think, you know, why our empathy training is so great is that we are giving training to community members and parents who are coaches um, and equipping them to, to connect with the kids on their team so that those kids can be successful. And, you know, for those parents, um, or community members who are coaching kids that aren't their own, like they don't know what experience that they have coming into the field or onto the court for those days um, that they're coming together. And so to give coaches um, the resources to be able just to be present and thoughtful can be really impactful. 
And I know like for myself, like I, as a coach, like I never always had the answer, you know, like sometimes it just was important to listen and to have extra tools so you can feel better equipped makes all the difference. And so really, you know, the importance for us at Coaching Core and creating an empathy training is really just to give coaches another, um, put another tool in their tool belt so that they feel that they're equipped um, so they can create, you know, meaningful connections um, and so their kids can thrive and, and be successful. Absolutely. You know, I'll just quickly um, sort of draw a comparison here and say, yeah. I've always found, and I've been lucky that mo- pretty much every coach I've had, or at least most of them have been willing to do what you've talked about that empathy training teaches, which is they're willing to listen. They're willing to, you know, it's like put their best foot forward to understand what their players are dealing with and help them to succeed and all. And I've been lucky enough to have that with most of my coaches, Mm. but I have found that, you know, it's like, it does in fact make a difference, particularly when you're dealing with coaches who don't have that same thing, Mm -hmm. you know, cause like, for example, if a coach doesn't know that, you know, I, you know, am not socially as active as most of the other players on the team. It's like, if they don't know that, you know, they're going to look at me in the wrong way and not view me like others have good, Mm -hmm. like other coaches have for, what I can still contribute to the team and how maybe it's like, that's not necessarily a bad thing or it's my fault. It's just something that needs to be addressed or talked about and all to figure out a way that it it can still allow, it can still prevent me from uh, having, not having success basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Like this thing can't, you know, this thing exists, but at the same time, it can't hold me back from having a good time and make and having success with this team. It's like, that's the biggest key. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that that makes what coaching core is doing here with the sympathy training, all the more um, helpful um, to a lot of people, you know, not just uh, the, the kids who are getting coached by these people, but the people who are getting the training to coach themselves, because I, yeah. they, I think will learn a lot about, you know, just what goes on here and maybe it'll just create for a whole better sports experience in general. So, yeah, I can set it better. You're so right. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but anyway, I think um, before I move on here um, to my next question, I'll quickly take a brief commercial break to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Do you own a classic Mustang, Corvette, Camaro, or Chevelle from the 1960s or 70s? Does the clock in your dash keep accurate time? Do you want to get a new clock for your car, but you don't want to pay $200, $300, or even $500 for a new clock? Well, then go to impactautopartsstore.com for a brand new quartz clock that looks identical to the original and is powered by a single AA battery. All at prices less than half that of a restored clock or a reproduction. Go to the website, impactautopartsstore.com and keep on cruising. So now, I, I want to start by asking a question that I always include in every interview I have with my guests here. Uh-huh. And normally I ask this later, but I think it's important I ask it now, actually, given what I'm going to proceed to ask you next afterwards and that is um when you hear the term mental health what pops into your head and what does it mean to you well so i mean i think it means to me it means a lot of different things so that's fine you know when i think about mental health like one of the things i think about is like 
knowing yourself like and yeah like I would say like knowing yourself um and I'd say personally like checking in like your own like mental state and then I'd say the other piece is around like individuals and and maybe how they like understanding their own mental state so like I guess an example, so I think about like my sister. So my sister has uh, ADHD. And, okay. and so like when we talk about like her mental health and like in sports, like we talk about how she, we talk about her ability to play, um, like what her state is and also just like how she is setting herself up for success. And so thinking through like, you know, what is the best um, what is the best setup for her to be successful both on the field and off the field? Um, so those are the things that I think I would that I think about. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's definitely a, a very valid point. And I'd also like to point out too, um, I've had guests in the past who have had who do have ADHD and I've heard, like you said, you know, it's like it's a case where they think of mental health as just, you know, checking in with themselves and just finding ways to, you know, make sure that sports um, is, is doing benefit to them. And mm-hmm. also just like, you know, like making sure that they are in a good place and mm-hmm. also like knowing that they can, they can handle basically what's coming their way. And if they can't, then that they can go find some help and stuff, you know? Yeah. Like when, well, and yeah, Go and ahead. I think you, well, and you said it well earlier. So like, you know, we talked about coaches and like how important it is for a coach to know their players. So like for my sister, she is extremely passionate and very, very determined. And if she, depending on her state, like she can definitely, um, it can be hard for her to concentrate. And so like when it comes to soccer, like if she's not in a place where she's able to concentrate, it can look like, she is just um, like, she's just like out to lunch. And so for her coaches to like have a personal relationship with her and be able to check in with her about like what's going on makes all the difference in the world. Cause she is like a baller on the field. Like she is such a good soccer player. And like that, like for her to be successful like a simple question can help that coach and her realign for them both to be successful. I think that's so important, you know, for a coach to be able to understand and be able to talk to their players and for players to feel comfortable to be able to talk with their, with their coaches about like what's going on. Absolutely. You know, I, I, again, going back to my previous, some of my previous guests, they've said how just like, it doesn't take much to get them to feel good again. It's just, you know, the recognition is key all the way in terms of knowing how to best handle their mental health. So if they can do that, they're in a, yeah. a good how, place. How have coaches been helpful f- for you? Like how, how have they set up practices or just like environments around you? So you felt like you could be successful. Well, I think the biggest thing they, that I found was often m- the most helpful uh, for me to succeed in a, in a sports environment was just when the coach simply um, kind of let me do me. Like he, mm. He kind of just 
Well, I, you know, I, t- I talk about the term, let just let them play. That's kind of mm-hmm. it. Basically. It's like, just let me do my thing on the court. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yes, I'll, I will act differently than um, most people off the court, but if once, but just put me out there and, you know, you won't see a difference. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the, been always the biggest benefactor from benefit for me is that whenever a coach puts his trust in me, even if it's just for a little bit, mm-hmm. that can make all the difference in the world come the end. It's just like, they just need to be, I just need them to trust me just a little and just give me a chance. Mm-hmm. And I will make sure that I at least put my best foot forward. And hopefully they'll see that in the same way that I do, which is that, Oh, I can see how this guy can make an impact for our team in a lot of great ways. Mm-hmm. You know? Isn't that like, I feel like that is, everything you just described to me is like the beauty of sport, right? Like that you can go on a court and, and just be you and mm-hmm. somebody who understands the sport well enough is able to appreciate how, how you play the sport, be able to, I would imagine like give you guidance to be the best player that you can be, but also is comfortable enough um, to, to kind of let the reins go a little bit and like, and see like, what is you on the, on the court? Right. And I feel like the, the best coaches are the ones that are able to, um, to see kids for who they really are and just to give them the guidance that they need, but then let them play, you know, cause like sports is supposed to be fun more than anything, no matter how competitive you are. Like if you're not having fun, like you're not doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. I always see it as a case where the best coaches are the ones who let the players do their thing and not the other way around Totally. where the players do the, do the coaches thing, because you know, the fact of the matter is if the players are doing it the coach's way, they're not going to be the best version of themselves. And as a result, the team's not going to be the best version of themselves. Right. And then the coach not going to be the best version. It's it's just a, a pure knock-on effect um, that you kind of have to master at the beginning. But I think, luckily for me, a lot of my coaches did. So I I am grateful for that. Um, but anyway, moving on here, I, I guess I'll say that throughout your career specifically, you've interacted with a lot of athletes as an athlete yourself, but also as a coach and a leader at coaching core. And as a result, I would imagine that there are at least some athletes who have confided into you um, about what they're struggling with. But at the same time, there have also probably been some who have been more hesitant on that front um, in terms of just not sharing thing, anything at all with you. And so without revealing anything, anything confidential, I would ask you, it's like, how often do you see, think that athletes come to you um, with, um, as somebody or, um, as somebody, or they know somebody close to, to them, to them, like mm-hmm. as, whether it's a relative or a friend or whatever, who is struggling with some sort of mental or emotional condition. And, mm-hmm. you know, what's usually your reaction to that, I guess I would ask. So, um, I think in terms of like how many, how many players that I've played with or that I've coached that have somebody in their lives. I mean, honestly, I would be surprised if everybody doesn't have someone who they know um, or, you know, directly engage with day in, day out. Um, How many, you know, say something to me. So like as a player, um, there's, I mean, there's some athletes like over the years that have like, you know, confided to me just as a, as a teammate, um, you know, more specifics about themselves. I think, you know, similar to what you said a second ago, the idea of 
you know, just letting kids play or like letting players play. I care as their teammate, you know, like what's going on for them and, and like their mental state and their mental health um, on the field. I'm like, if you could score a goal, like if you can stop a player, you know, like coming against ours, you know, if you're a good teammate on the field and off the field, like that's what I care about. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me as a player, it has been like, I'm interested, like, because I care about them, but if like, they're great on the field. Like that's a part that has always really mattered. Um, as a coach, I haven't had any players come to me directly. I've had parents come to me and just mm. be like, Hey, like, I want to give you a heads up um, about my child. And what I've said is like, fantastic to know, like I want to know. And like, it should be up to the player to, to let me know if like, if that's important, but like, I'm going to keep an eye out. And so, you know, what I do is the same that I would do for any of the kids on my team. Like, I get to know them personally. Um, they can share with me as much as they want. But for me, you know, the most important thing is like, you know, are they connecting with other players? Like, do they do they look like they're having fun? You know, does it look like I'm setting them up to be successful? And like kind of the chips fall after that. And, you know, as long as I'm trying to make sure that they have the best overall experience, then, then the rest, you know, is just like icing on the cake. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I guess actually that, that kind of leads into my next question a little bit, kind of focusing on that aspect of instead of the kid coming to you, the parents coming to you and telling you about this. Mm-hmm. And what I'll ask specifically is that have you ever come across athletes, whether you knew that they were dealing with something or not, where you suspected maybe they you needed to talk with them about it potentially, um, or maybe you need you saw that they needed to be more open about it just in general. Um, And I guess looking at it from their perspective, what do you believe are some of the factors that athletes may think about when deciding whether to reveal something like that to anybody for that matter? It could be somebody Mm. like you, who's a coach or a teammate, or it could just be somebody completely different. It's like, what do you think goes through their, their head? And just have you ever come across that personally? Yeah. Um, so what I think is going on for them, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, I think from everybody's different, right? you know, like, and so like for me personally, so I am a gay athlete and I know from my, my own lived experience that, you know, my truth and like who I am is like, I am very cautious and hold that very close to myself because mm-hmm. I don't know how other people are going to receive it. You no, know, it doesn't matter to me. You know, it matters to me so much, like how much I care how they receive it, but like I'm cognizant of it. Right. And I think for other athletes and, you know, making a choice of what they share with others, um, it's a really personal thing. You know, and so some people might not feel safe. Some people might feel embarrassed. Some people might just feel like it's just not information that's needed. And so, you know, what I have chosen to do as a player and as a coach is is really base my existence off of connection. So like having good relationships with my teammates, having good relationships with my players and like their families so that, you know, if I need to know something, you know, like a parent will tell me, um, 
but if I'm creating a safe space for a child to like let me know something if it's important, um, but always to let, but they'll always know that I'm there. Like, I feel like that is kind of the most key thing. Absolutely. You know, it's like, I've always, for me, it's, I've always found talking about my autism as a case where I'll only really talk about it. If it, if somebody come, brings it up to me, hmm. like, cause I, I just simply don't see it as something that unless it really does matter to somebody, they need to know about it. Or unless I feel like that, that given the situation, they do need to know, mm-hmm. like there, there aren't too many instances where I'll need to bring it up. But at the same time, I will say that I've never been afraid to talk about it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like you mentioned, there are re- plenty of reasons that other people choose to be more uh, has, um, I like uh, shy about, you know, mm-hmm. talking about something like that that's personal to them, you know, mm-hmm. for the reasons like they're, they worry about what other people think, they worry about, you know, what it will mean for them in the future. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like I, I definitely so, know like some athletes have that I play with. Well, so like when I played on teams that were far more competitive than I am now, now that I'm older, um, but like, you know, a coach decides your playing time, right? right? And so like worrying about like anything that makes them, any, especially as a, a player on a team, like things that make you different and and might make you seem like you are not as good as somebody else. Like, I think kids shy away from sharing that, you know, like you don't want to be different. Like you, many kids like want to be like everybody else. Like I definitely knew I felt like that. Um, and I think one of the, the best things to learn, but also one of the hardest is that like being different is, you know, it, it's a superpower, you know, like, cause you see things differently. You feel things differently than other kids. And, and that can be, that can give you an advantage sometimes. And it just takes time to, to learn that. And everybody learns it differently if they learn it. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've, I've always found that um, the best way to look at my autism and the best way to look whenever somebody else is dealing with something like that is, you know, don't look at it as, as something that's holding me back. Try and look at it for what it gives you that doesn't give other people, you yeah. know, and how you can use that in this, in any, in a specific situation that matters to you. So I think Great. that's a, that's a good way to look at it. And, and I certainly hope that um, as time goes by, more people see, see it that way than the other way around, which mm-hmm. they, I find they tend to do more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess now I'll kind of ask in somewhat of a relation to that, matter is what advice uh might you have for a coach um specifically uh of how to better support their athletes who may be dealing with these issues like what can Mm. they do that can make a difference that's a great question um you know i think well i mean going back to you know what's kind of been sown through all of this is you know get to know your players Right. Like, I think like the best advice for any coach is like, know your players, right? Like know them for the skill um, that they have on the field or, you know, however, what they're learning, um, but also know them as people, you know? So like get to know them off the field, you know, if, to the best you can, like get to know their family um, in whatever, you know, shape or form, like, you know, cause families look like a lot of different things. Um, and then I would say, you know, like invest in yourself. I think professional development for coaches is so important because, you know, every child is different, you know, like every, every, every community is different. And so, you know, thinking about like 
what can I do to make myself the best person to work with the kids? And so, you know, if that is, um, yeah. So if that means taking on more training to, to be better, I think that's a great way to go. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the best coaches, um, that, you know, work with players like these are the ones who aren't afraid to take the time. Basically, mm -hmm. they're not afraid to try something if it's if it has the potential benefit of making their players feel better and do better as a result. And I think any coach who has that mindset will always be successful in some way, shape or form when they do coach. So and again, and going back to what, what I think has made my experience so great it's been all my coaches have been willing to do that they've all been mm. willing to you know just take the time to listen to me and just you know adjust um to help me become more successful and help yeah. the team become more successful in general too like i always find the best coaches are the ones who aren't afraid to try something yeah new you know like new yeah. player whatever new defense whatever so yeah yeah no i feel like the best i mean if like, I feel like thinking about coaching in the same way that I think about playing, like you, if you are, um, what's the best way to say this? You're not, you only fail if you don't try. Right. Right. And some of the most creative things you can do can totally blow up in your face, but also can like lead to the most amazing moments. And the same thing is true as a coach, right? Like if you set your kids up for success, like, and let them try things and experiment, like it can lead to such incredible things. And if they don't, you know, win or if they fail in the moment, like that's all learning too. And I think that's just, you know, just as important as the, as the wins and successes. Yeah. I mean, again, it's just going back to that aspect of always finding the positive in something, you know, totally. and if you can, that means that will allow you to, um, uh, have more success in the future, even if it's not in the now. So yeah, you know, definitely. you just got to keep thinking that way. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I guess I'll um continue on and actually focus a little bit more on the more personal aspect of being on the spectrum. You know, okay. yeah. In other words, what it's like off the field and off the court. Yeah. But before I do that, um, I'd like to give a shout out to another one of our sponsors. Are you looking to boost your SAT score by at least three hundred and sixty points? Whether your goal is the SAT, ACT, AP classes, or general test preparation, turn to Sam's Tutoring Company. Sam is a Caltech-educated tutor with over 17 years of experience teaching over 700 students of all ages. Whether you want to learn in person or remotely, Sam is ready to help you accomplish your academic goals. Call Sam's Tutoring Company. If you mention the promo code SPORTSPECTRUM, you'll receive 25% off the price of your first session. And so now I'll, I'll start actually by sort of asking you kind of a really big question here okay. um, that I think a lot of people will relate to just because they know about this. And that's that um, one of the reasons I started this podcast in the first place was because sports has had a huge positive role in aiding me with my autism. Mm -hmm. And because it's been so effective, I want to give back by discussing these topics more openly and letting younger athletes that might be struggling with these types of conditions know that it's okay to talk about them. Mm -hmm. Um just as I think um, also that um, other athletes like Kevin Love and Michael Phelps, who we talked about earlier, and mm -hmm. also Paul George have been doing um, more recently, you know, as well as other guys who I just don't have the time to remember right now. Um, and then and so as a result, I'd like to ask you, based specifically on your experience mm -hmm. as an athlete and as a coach um, and as a leader in coaching core, um, do you believe that there is a greater opportunity 
both now and in the future, to further deepen the conversation about mental and emotional health in sports? Oh, for sure. I mean, without question, I think, you know, you know, thinking back to an earlier question um, about, you know, what players do I know or, you know, that um, what players do I know or have come to me to talk about their, their mental health? And like the answer was, I mean, I might not have talked, spoken with everybody, but like everybody has somebody in their life. Um, I think, you know, there is definitely a broader conversation that needs to happen and like, and more conversation to happen because I think, you know, there's, there's so much happening around us constantly. And I think the more educated individuals are and the more openly, like we talk about, you know, our own experiences, I think the stronger that we'll all be like as individuals, but also just in connecting with each other. Cause I think one of the hardest things is, um, one of the most damaging things is silence. Mm. And so I think bringing things to light and being able to talk about it, I think can be so powerful um, because then it normalizes ev- everything around us. Cause I think, you know, what, what is normal, right? Like, I mean, like that's such a, it's a, such a silly thing to think about yeah. um, because everybody is different. And so to be able to talk about it and understand, I think can, is a really powerful thing. Absolutely. You know, uh... I love the phrase, you know, silence of violence, because it's true, you know, it's like, um, and well, uh, okay, I I guess I exaggerated there a little bit. But I I guess I'll say what I more love Mm. is the fact that the more you do or talk about something, whatever it is, you know, it becomes easier to do or talk about, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like with practice, it's like, you know, practice makes perfect. It's like the more you do something, while maybe in the fir- in the beginning it seems really awkward, really mm-hmm. unusual, really ahead of its time, whatever you want to say, the more you yeah. do it, you're just going to realize the more normal it becomes, even if yeah. maybe it's never normal at all. It's right. like at, at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't belong in its place mm-hmm. or it doesn't belong in a bigger role, I guess, more specifically. Right. Well, and like, if you think about it, anything new, like, so the idea of everything having a place if it's new, it's not going to have a place yet. Right. Like you have to figure out and kind of like, you know, find us a, a spot for like the new thing. And like the same thing I think is like with people, like a new idea, then something new to understand, like it might not have this perfect little place on the shelf that fits in your life, but that's because it's new. And so I think, like you said, you know, like practice makes perfect. Like, I think the more you understand about something, the more you see like how it fits in your life and maybe it doesn't affect it, but like, it definitely still has a place. Absolutely. You know, it's just, it's something I wish more people would understand. And thankfully, I think they are starting to, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's just something that you just got, we, you can't um, not stop talking. That's not going right. to do anything. You got to keep you know, having the uncomfortable conversations and having the, you know, difficult, it's like, you know, topics come to light, just because the more you talk about them, it's just that's going to solve the problem in itself, essentially, just because it'll make things, you know, it'll make talking about it easier. And that's really all that. And that's really, at least in the beginning, all you really want to accomplish. It's just, I think it's just a gradual case where, it slowly builds and eventually it does lead to something important, but you do have to, once again, be patient for that to come. You can't, you can't let it rush too much. So I yeah, think you also have definitely. to. And I feel like, you know, in my experience, 
I was like, I'm different from everybody. You know, like I have my own lived experiences and I think people can sometimes be scared of what's different. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you're so right in being able to open conversation to you know, learn a new perspective and, and not be scared of what is unknown mm-hmm. and be brave to have a conversation and maybe stumble a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, maybe not say the, the right thing, but be humble enough to come back from it and to hear like, what is, um, what is a better perspective or like what's more in to be able to receive more information so you can evolve your perspective, I think is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess um, now what I'll ask, I kind of did ask this and you kind of answered it beforehand, but I guess I'll just ask this for the sake of seeing if there's anything else you'd like to add to it. Okay. That's that, um, is there a role, and I'm sure you would say yes, that youth organizations uh, for sports can and should play in supporting young athletes to talk about these issues? And if, if so, how exactly? So you were right. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, well, so if you think of an after school program, you know, they exist for kids, right? Like, and they, you know, a good program is one that is designed um, in such a way that like that kids feel comfortable and they feel accepted. Um, and they can be themselves. And so, you know, I think organizations that are providing training to their coaches and to their staff, so they can, you know, be able to support the wide array of kids that are coming through their quote unquote doors, you know, or, you know, coming onto their fields or their courts. Um, I think, you know, having different offerings for kids, you know, the, the sports I think is really important, but then also, you know, you know, being an athlete when I was younger, like if there were, you know, groups that existed that I could engage with outside of just a sport, like with my teammates, I think that's, you know, really valuable. Um, I think some of the best conversations I've ever had when I was younger were like worth with my team because I felt comfortable with them. Um, and it could be on a wide variety of topics, but it always felt like a safe space because there was an adult that I knew and like other kids that like, were my confidants. Um, and so I, I think, you know, for programs to think about, and I've seen this, you know, in action work really well, they think about how you can engage kids with groups that they know well, um, and then use that as space to, to teach them other things. Because like sports does a lot of great stuff, um, but I think teaching also happens off the, off the field as well. Yeah, no, I've always, I've always felt there's a role for sports, not only just on the field, but off the field as well. And I, I have, also always seeing that, you know, being willing to embrace that can mm-hmm. have a lot of benefit as well, more than you would think, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the most underrated part about sports. And I kind of said that earlier, but I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not necessarily like, you know, scoring baskets, scoring goals, you know, making saves and stuff that matters. It's like everything other than that, that matters. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, it's like, you really can't get there or have that mean something if those things don't happen. Right. So you have right. to embrace them. And if you do, it makes everything become more productive and more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. For- it's so funny. Like I think back, I mean, God knows how many games I've played and, you know, how many people have scored on me or that I've scored in game. Like, I don't remember any of those. Like maybe there's That's like a I. handful of like goals, maybe that I can remember um, over the years. I can, I still remember 
my, I remember my first day of tryouts in high school. I remember my first day of tryouts in college. Um, I remember the first practice I went to where I met my best friend um, at a, in soccer. You know, like there's moments that are like are so powerful um, and it's not, has nothing to do with the goals at all. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I do remember some of those moments, but at the same time, they are not the majority of the moments mm-hmm. I remember in sports. It's always just the little things, those little moments that it's like, they may not mean something to the average person who's just watching mm-hmm. it, you know, on the sideline or in the stands, but it's like to the person on the court or on the bench, it means, it everything. means everything. Totally. You know? Well, I guess um, now I'll finish by asking another question that I ask all my guests, although this one yeah. I always... I always close with because Mm -hmm. I think it deserves its place here. And that is that obviously, you know, we talked about how a lot of progress has been made in recent years Mm -hmm. on using sports to combat mental health and emotional health and just other issues that prevent people from being able to enjoy sports just as much as the average person. Um, But at the same time, despite all this progress, there still can be a stigma associated with the issue, these issues themselves and how Mm -hmm. maybe because of them, you know, people shouldn't play these sports or they, Mm. they shouldn't be allowed at this, or they should be looked at differently as a result. doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. You know, they basically should be looked at not um, for somebody they're not, you know, or for unfairly, you get the idea. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I'd like, um, I'd like to ask you based on everything we've talked about, if you had anything that you would want somebody listening to this podcast to know about um, your experiences with these types of people and yourself included, mm-hmm. you know, you know, about what of, of something maybe that they should appreciate or understand more about what's going on with all of this stuff that we've been talking about, what would that be? Um, well, so I would say like to, to all of your listeners that like, like educate yourself, right? Like, I think, you know, as you're talking and like describing, it's like the, the idea of other, you know, like someone who is not you and someone you that maybe has a different experience in you. Like it's so easy to, to push aside and, and create this narrative for, so that you, so that you don't want to create space for them on your team, or you don't, you know, want to, you feel like you have to treat them like somebody else or, you know, not like the rest of your players. And that comes from a a lack of understanding and knowledge. Um, So I think the big thing is just like, is educate yourself. Um, I think be empathetic, you know, get to know your players um, and, and get to know them for more than just the player on the field, like get to know them at home because I, because the truth is everybody's different, you know, like they're, and so embrace that, you know, and educate yourself so that you can create a space for any kid to be successful. Um, and you'll be great at what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I once again, I've always found that um, the best thing people can learn from this is that it doesn't take much to appreciate this as long mm-hmm. as you're willing to take the time and learn about it. You know, yep. if as long as you're open to this stuff, we are happy to bring you in. It's totally. not a case. It's not a case where we want to close you off. We want to bring you in, but you have to be willing to be open to that. And if you are, totally. 
it makes everything make all the more sense and make it all the more ap- appreciative basically because right. then at from that point you're then able to appreciate this and also just help other people to appreciate it more mm-hmm. and well, help- how much more how much more enjoyable right, right. like because it's more fun like if i get to know you better like you're going to want to get to know me better and like we'll be able to be far more successful um yeah so i, I think that's so well said exactly it's no more than that um and i guess b- before i close I'll, I'll just add one more piece here which is that yeah. is there anything you're left thinking feeling or wondering um as a result of this conversation and are there any topics that you feel could be addressed more here that might be helpful to people who are professionals who are in college high school or just kids you know what is there anything you you're left um with here basically yeah well actually i'm curious um i'm curious how you would answer the last question like what do you how what would you want to tell your listeners um as something for that like an an action item for them like what would Mm -hmm. be your advice you know I kind of live by a lot of things, but I think the biggest thing is, you know, don't be afraid to ask the questions and don't be afraid to um, uh, approach somebody in a positive light. Like, mm. don't judge, don't judge them for what you've seen, judge them for who they are, you mm. know, and, and don't judge them for it's like what you think they, they could be. It's like, judge them for um, um, what they will be basically, mm. you know, don't, don't look at, don't assume things is basically what I'm saying here. You know, never judge a book by its cover. That's one of my favorite things to live by. And I think that's just the emphasis of what I'm asking of my viewers whenever they tune in here. It's like, well, I'm not even asking. It's like they're, they're already doing it for me because that's right. the point of this, you know, to educate them. And I think, I guess I'll say thank you to all my viewers and listeners who have stuck with me uh, here today and just done that. And I guess with that too, I'd like to say, you know, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your insights and stories with our audience. I I also want to give a quick shout out to Coaching Core itself too. It's a really great organization. I would encourage all my viewers and listeners to go check it out. Believe me, you will, you will appreciate it just as much as I do. And if you want to learn more about it too, you can go to their website at www.coachingcore.org. And so with that, I also want to thank my subscribers and listeners once again for joining us today. If you want to check out more great content, then please go to our website at www.sportsonthespectrum.net. And then for all my younger listeners and just everybody else out there, please make sure to follow the three rules of life, which are stay safe, have fun, get dirty. And I will see you all on the next episode of Sports on the Spectrum.